0: Welcome to Chai Kharcha, where we have conversations on personal finance among four NRI professionals working at tech firms. Think of these like water cooler chats you have at the office. Only this time, you will have Ishan, Madhvesh, Rohit and Siddharth as colleagues you will be listening into. Before we get started, a quick disclaimer. We are not financial experts. The content provided in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult with a qualified financial professional if you need financial advice. Welcome back. We will continue from where we left off in the last episode. Hope you enjoy the show. So, yeah. let's say top 5 US where Indians who are thinking to move to maybe like Based on factors, like cost of living, comfort, access to opportunities in terms of your career, etc.,
1: From your point of view, how would you like advice? One, well, I don't feel like I'm most educated on this, like what the top cities would be because I haven't lived there. What's common is essentially people moving to Bay Area that is in and around San Francisco. Bay Area is very large. So like it's, com- it comprises of many cities. So I just consider Bay Area as like one city. So uh, there's definitely Bay Area. A lot of people move over there because of, like, good weather. There's a lot of, like, job opportunities. So San Jose, San Francisco, Mountain View, Menlo Park, and all these cities are all. I would say, like, Seattle's also a very good place just because, like, there's a lot of companies over here, higher bank, where back. and people are nice in Seattle. I am more biased towards Seattle, but the weather is not that great. Like, winters are long, they are rainy, very dark. I did my grad school in a place which was way colder than Seattle, so I don't really complain about the cold. But there's a lot of other people who also complain about Seattle's cold. So, yeah, people are pretty sad about that. But in other aspects, I feel like Seattle's actually pretty good. And there's definitely a New York region. So, now New York is actually a great city for someone, let us say, who's single, does not have a family yet, they want to enjoy their life. There's a lot of Indians over there. You have a lot of resources. You don't need a car. You can use public transport. Uh, you can enjoy your life. There's a lot of opportunities over there. So as long as you're willing to part away with your money, uh, New York is a great city. To live in. It's fun. But if you want to start saving money, I think like New York's not the place to be. A lot of people move towards uh, Jersey City is adjacent to New York. They probably live over there, commute to, mute to uh, New York. And Jersey actually has a very large Indian community. You'll be very much at home over there uh, if you move towards Jersey. But again, it comes at the cost of taxation. Things are expensive there, but definitely cheaper than New York. You get community. My parents are on the East Coast, very close to these places, and I am very in touch with the community. Jersey also has the largest Hindu temple. If you guys are curious, like there's this new BAPS-like temple that recently completed, but it gets a lot of visitors. It's pretty good. These, I would definitely say I have first-hand experience going to these places and just seeing the community, like job opportunities or something like that. But apart from this, Texas, Austin, and Dallas also have a large Indian community. But they also don't have state tax, so you're probably doing well on uh, your income. They also have cheap property. I've heard that Texas has one of the highest Property taxes. So if you own something over there, your yearly payment to the government is going to be high. But again, the government has to tax you in some. So it comes in the form of property taxes. Dallas has a very thriving Indian community. That's what I've seen and heard. So I have never been there, but that's something I definitely know is there. What else? There's LA. Very close to B area. I mean, it's not. Very approachable or regular commute, definitely. But yes, right, it was close to Bay Area, they have good weather, good opportunities, but traffic and expenses are too high, so that makes it not as great of a deal. It's not as clean as other places, definitely. So, yeah. I don't know. Was that five? I think so. So, okay. I would ask the same question about Singapore, but no shaming on the start of Singapore. But I feel like, where in Singapore would you?
0: <laughs> That's really. <laughs> Singapore is too small. Have you been it's...
1: To no, I, I've not been to Singapore. I want to go there. I have friends from Singapore in the US.
0: Yeah, I think to answer a question anywhere in, actually, always the central area would be more expensive than the outer areas. That's the only thing. But other than that, the expenses are more or less the same, but from the rent might be, as I said, slightly different. Let's move on to more of the concluding questions. Starting with, you know what is FIRE? you know what is FIRE? Have you thought about it? So do you have a FIRE number? Do you think about retirement? as in gaining financial independence and then doing things that you like. Give us, if you have a, if a age number or a revenue number that you want to get to. And also tell us what do you plan to do after getting to that stage?
1: Yeah, so I feel like if I uh, truthfully answer these questions, I'll come out as a bit
0: naive. That's the point. Go for it. That's the
1: yeah, I have very fantasy-driven answers, like, for what I want in my life, which I definitely not. So, realistically, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be doing this, but if there is any hope for me to do it, I would definitely like to do that. So, I'll just start out with, like, the fun answers as to, like, what I really want to do, like, when I have, like, a like shit ton of money and I don't really have any liabilities and things like that. So I think like I gave a hint into like what I really want to do. Like I think I spoke about like being a digital nomad. Like so I don't think that there has been someone who exists like that, but I don't think this is an impossible thing to do. I kind of like what I do, in terms of like doing research and the stuff that I'm working on. What I would like is just more time to actually do that without the overhead of actually like talking to people and stuff like that. I just want to be alone, maybe just be in a nice, relaxing environment and actually just do some research, build new things, do some engineering on my own and maybe go back to playing music and like maybe have a band of my own as I used to have when I was younger and like to the world and do stuff like that. So again, it comes off as very fantasy driven, like maybe I'm like 18 years old. Kind of but I-, I-, I love to hold on to that just so that I can pretend I'm young. My fantasy dream is, like, I don't have any shackles or bonds. I can travel anywhere in the world. Be a digital nomad for the majority of my time, just invest into, like, doing research, helping push boundaries of science beyond. I feel a lot of, like, humankind and the luxuries and, like, whatever the society is on right now is because of, like, some advancements that we've made in the past. And I definitely want to contribute back to the world. And the best way I can contribute is just by pushing the boundaries of science. And I truly believe in that. And that's why I just want to keep doing this without the pressure of like other things. coming So that's what I want to work on later on. And like I said, I want to have a band. I play music for the folks who can actually see my background. I have my two guitars right here. So I want to go back into a situation where I'm a part of a band and then doing the world and maybe just playing, I'm not even world, maybe just playing like just pups and things like that. So I still fantasize that. So that's what I want to do with my life, like later on, just on a personal scale. Like, let if I let us say, if I don't have a family, like that's why it's fantasy because it does not involve family at all. But hopefully, I will have a family. Or, oh, but yeah, whatever. Now coming back to fire, I don't necessarily think I have a very strong like aim as I'm like, oh, this is the exact number, like five point seven four million dollars, and I'm done. I'm not very sure where the world is actually ended right now, so I don't know. Like, I might have to go back to India, or uh, I might settle in a different country. So I just feel like there's enough certainty that I don't really have a fire goal or something like that. And just based on like regions, like it might differ. Uh, but let us say if I were to stay in the U.S., so I think like as per today's date, given my age and how uh, things might go ahead, I think like five million dollars is something that us say someone gave me. And I could put that in the bank. I'd be happy with that right now. And then we be like, okay, I can go and do the stuff that I really care about right now. So that's the number. Like, if I have to live with the same, like, in the same place, taking into account all the inflation and stuff like that might happen over my lifetime. So that might be a number. But if you go on blind, I don't know if you guys use blind or not. But if you go on blind, people have very opinionated answers about these things. Or so some people say. Like, some some say like maybe 10 is a better number so that's why i don't really have an an exact number but i guess like 5 million should be good enough for now what now do i actually have plans or like am i actually trying to hit that i'm not very i'm not really optimizing very actively on that like just based on my previous answers i think like right now I'm investing on a, and on a macro scale. I'm just trying to see, like, oh, my numbers are looking better right now than it was. Maybe I have some micro goals as in, like, oh, I just want to hit this number just so that I feel good about being able to do that. And I'm hoping, like, over oh, the next few years, I'll be able to hit, like, better numbers and maybe I'll feel more comfortable about it. And maybe that's when I'll start thinking about retirement. But I guess right now it's so far inside that I don't feel like I can even think about it. So... I don't know if if this sounds more pessimistic than optimistic, but yeah, that's
0: my truth for now. Yeah, that's practical. Not necessarily pessimistic or optimistic. I'll ask one more question around real estate. So you touched upon it, Seattle being an expensive place. I want to know your specific opinion about real estate irrespective of Seattle being the place. Definitely, I
1: do think about buying a house. One is because like I have a fear of missing out because a lot of my friends have already bought houses <laughs> and I don't have a house yet. And I am one of those people who like to spend their time. It's an app that tells you about open listings for houses, the previous prices, about the current asking prices and like has photographs of the house in and out and stuff like that. So I, I spend a lot of my time just browsing houses in this area, even though I don't have the capability to buy it or plan to buy it in the future. Owning a house is also a lot of work and it means that like you're tied down in a place. I probably will end up living in Seattle. I want to keep my options open for now. If I have to move, let us say, uh, Austin, in Texas. I one of be, but yeah, I do want to buy a house. Seattle is super expensive, but has a lot of opportunity. A lot of prices in Seattle are driven by the school districts. So, I'm not sure if you guys know schooling in the U.S. So, for listeners out there who don't really know about this, in the U.S., there are public schools where children up to, like, the 12th grade get it, get their education for free. And after that is when they apply for universities, for their undergrad, and then they get acceptance. A lot of these schools will have their own educational like syllabus and plans and things like that. And their own quality of education and that quality of education really determines what kind of schools you might end up getting in like standardized tests, like SATs and GREs, which are actually being discouraged right now by a lot of universities, but universities will probably look at what rating your, school, there's a rating mechanism for each of these schools. And universities will look, probably look at like, oh, you come from a 10 on 10, you come out of school, or maybe you come out of like a four on 10. school, So maybe that's why you don't want to, you maybe, might not be as awesome as like a 10 on 10, or something like that. there's that kind of a system out here. Schooling is free, but you go to a school and essentially means that localities and neighborhoods which have a very high, highly rated school has higher uh, real estate prices. So that is why uh, another city that is adjacent to Seattle, Bellevue, comes in, under the greater Seattle area. That Bellevue is a 10 on 10 school. So, that place is very expensive. It's more expensive than Seattle. Seattle does not have a tenant at school okay. Yeah. So, that's why Bellevue is expensive because a lot of Asians, have people who really care about their children's education, a lot of Indians, end up buying the houses in Bellevue so that their kids can study in a free school. That is really very well. Of course, you can send your school, uh, kids to private schools, but they are very expensive. I'm talking in the order, so like $50,000 a year or something. I have not looked up at these prices, but this is what I hear. So, it's up to you. Do you want to spend that money in real estate, or you want to spend it in a, a private school? I would say spending it in real estate makes more sense because it's sort of an investment. Again, real estate comes with its own clauses, so it's not truly necessarily a complete investment, but yeah, it's better than throwing your money on. So, definitely, if I have a kid... Uh, I would want to have um, a house, a neighborhood, which has a better school. That means that I'll probably have to spend a lot more on my house, maybe compromise on the quality of the house or something like that, just so I can be in a neighborhood with a better school. So that's definitely a factor that drives prices in the U.S. I think I should also point out that million dollars can go a long way if you are a different place. There's places like Texas, it makes way more sense to buy a house than to so you might be even able to buy a house for the same amount you might pay. Right? So it definitely makes more sense to buy a house somewhere in Texas. And that's why I would say a lot of probably Indians will stay in Texas because there is community and you can have a property over there. Somewhere in Montana, that million dollars will probably get you a, uh, some sort of a mansion or a castle and a big field where your horses can run. Uh, and the horses themselves, I don't know how much a horse costs, costs but I'm assuming a million dollars. So in Montana, I definitely that might be true. Not in Seattle. In Seattle, you'll probably get a condo. Uh, I remember a one-bed condo was around like a million dollars. One of the tall buildings right in front of my previous apartment where I was staying in, I was just zillowing. And I saw a one-bed 800 square feet large condo for a million dollars. And on top of that, I don't know if you guys have HOA in Singapore. So if you are living shit, in a, in a place which has, like, some shared spaces. This is essentially the maintenance that you might have to pay. So the maintenance for that worth a million dollars, your monthly HOA was at somewhere around, like, 1200 bucks. So at that point in time, again, that adds up. In addition to your property tax and your HOA that you have to pay, and the property tax HOA and, like, other maintenance stuff that you might have to do for your own condo, those things add up, and you'll have to compare, like, is it actually worth the Difference and the extra headache that you might have when you might actually pay similar amounts with the right, so there's a lot of variance, and the, you probably have to think a lot in the US before you buy.
0: Cool, good chat, man. This is it, went way fast,
1: cool. yeah, yeah, th- it felt shorter than it was, so it's
0: yeah, happy. yeah. And, and we didn't, didn't even go into specific stock what's your approach and things like that. Maybe we'll schedule one more episode in time to come to pick on, pick on
1: Yeah, we can save some materials for the next episode. Like if people like my very naive and very uneducated answers like finances and stuff like that, I'm willing to share.
0: information. no, that's the absolute idea. The idea is peer-to-peer learning. So thank you, Yash, for giving so much time for the recording. And we'll be back for the next episode. Jai Pekata, for the new guest. Thank you. I'm-